This podcast is for information and entertainment purposes only. Nothing on this podcast should be construed as financial advice. All views expressed on this podcast are solely the opinions of the host and or any guests that we might have from time to time. Nothing on this podcast should be construed as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or to follow a particular investing strategy. Hello, you sexy sat stackers, and welcome to the latest episode of the Bitcoin Bulletin Podcast. I am Chris, and we are here to get our DCA stack on today. That being said, it is Wednesday, January 25th, 2023, and this is going to be stack number 79 on our Wednesday DCA Wednesday uh, series that we started, oh, almost two years ago, well, a year and a half ago, back in July of uh, 2021. And before we get into all that, a real quick look at the vital statistics. At the time of this recording, Bitcoin is sitting at a block height of 773,604. And Bitcoin is pumped since last Wednesday. It is currently valued at 23,300 US dollars per Bitcoin or 4,292 sats per dollar. That is, uh, well, that's kind of where we had been at Bitcoin was uh, above 23,000. It was right around the $23,000 range right before we recorded last week or in, in the weekend anyway, leading into last week's DCA Wednesday episode. And then uh, it had plummeted down to plummeted all the way back down to 20920 uh, before our DCA Wednesday episode. And it actually had uh, gone up. If you, Well, I've been following the price and I do. They say don't stare at price charts all day, but welcome to the club. If you're like me, you stare at price charts all day. Anyway, Bitcoin had been down a bit in the last couple days and just went on a rip this afternoon. I think it was right around 22,000, the low 22,000s. And then I saw it pop to 23. And, uh, and then, uh, while I was setting up for this, for this recording, and right now it's 23,300 us dollars per Bitcoin. And that brings Bitcoin's market capitalization up to $449 billion. That is 46 billion more than last week's $403 billion. I know a lot of people think market cap is a made-up BS statistic, but the bigger Bitcoin gets, the more relevant that market cap statistic gets, the more the more liquidity there is anyway. You know, if you're an altcoin, if you're an S-coin where you don't really have any trading going on, the market cap is a fake statistic because I could create a brand new coin today, uh, issue a million of them, sell them, uh, sell me a coin for one million or for one for one dollar uh, on any rando exchange that they bribed to get the token listed. And all of a sudden you have a million dollar market cap because a million shares times one, uh, $1 per share, even though nobody's trading it. So in many ways, market cap, when it's related to crypto is a BS statistic, but a lot of people pay attention to market cap when they're talking about companies and stocks and Bitcoin. Uh, now that it's a lot bigger and a lot more liquid, it's becoming an increasingly more important metric, at least when people say they want to see the institutional money in, in play and they want to see the big, the big Wall Street investors and the normies investing, that's a statistic they're going to look at to establish the overall value of, of uh, the Bitcoin network. But I digress. Uh, we are currently 66,396 blocks away from the next halving. And if you know anything about Bitcoin, you know that we've been going in these four-year halving cycles the uh, amount of Bitcoin that miners get for finding a block is reduced in half every four years, not really four years. It's reduced in 
um, half on a uh, block schedule. So in this case, with hash rate increasing with more power on the network every day, uh, that works out to less than four years. And the next halving will be at block 840,000, which looks like will be next spring or early next summer, any between, anyway between, any, uh, anywhere between March and June of 2023. So not next summer, but the next next summer. Feels like it's going to be next summer already because we're closing in on just about a year out. Uh, it is more than a year out, but just barely a year and a couple of months, potentially just a year and two months if it comes in earlier. If that network hash rate keeps increasing like it has been doing uh, and it comes in in the beginning of March, then we are uh, only a uh, only really only a uh, four, only 13 months away, a year and a month. So that's that's pretty exciting. And if you haven't been through a having yet, last having was kind of curtailed because of the thing that was going on in the country in 2020. But people have been planning a lot of big shindings all over the world, huge having parties. Uh, and there were, it turned out that um, like Bitcoin Magazine or Coindesk or uh, a bunch of people had these live having parties where they were streaming and everybody was, uh, was following along online. But prior to that, there were having parties planned all over the world. One of the biggest being that was planned was, I believe, was the one in Tel Aviv, Israel. And maybe next year in 2020, you know, 2024, uh, we'll get to have a big old having celebration somewhere. Uh, hopefully there'll be one close to you because it's going to be a lot of fun. You know, it's better than the Bitcoin conference and everybody enjoys going to the Bitcoin conferences, hanging out with fellow plebs. But the having party isn't business. It is just pure party. So, uh, so 66,396 blocks from now, hopefully you'll, we'll see you at a having party. All right. If you value your wealth in gold, if you value your wealth in shiny yellow rocks, it is going to cost you more than one full one ounce gold coin extra this week to buy just one Bitcoin. It will currently cost you 12.2 ounces of gold to purchase just one Bitcoin, up from 11.1 ounces last week. So if you collect those $1,900 antique coins, uh, it's gonna, you're going to have to throw one more on the pile to purchase just one Bitcoin this week. And along those lines, if you value your wealth in pizza, one Bitcoin will currently purchase you 1,380 Papa John's pizzas. That is uh, about 140 more pizzas than last week. And that is a heck of a lot of pizza. Uh, that is enough pizza to feed a family of four uh, for more than three years, I believe. Let's, uh, let's say, let's round the year up to 400 days in a year. I know it's 365, but uh, four times three would be 1,200. So more than three years, one large Pepperoni pizza a day for more than three years for just one Bitcoin. And that is a lot of food security. And the mempool, believe it or not, considering all the activity going on in the Bitcoin space, the price pump today is relatively clear. There's less than one transaction, one block where the transaction's pending in the mempool. It was pretty clear last week as well. I think there were two blocks on last Wednesday, as opposed to like 14 blocks where the transactions the Wednesday before that, so two weeks ago. Along those lines, the fee estimator is estimating, well, it's estimating if you want to guarantee your transaction is included in the very next block that you include a fee of 10 Satoshis per byte to do so. But obviously, if the blocks aren't even full right now, one Satoshi per byte, one Satoshi per byte transactions are clearing. That is a no-brainer. I have never paid more than one Satoshi per byte. Sometimes I've had to wait three or four blocks. But usually, if you're, trans if you're making a transaction that you're not in a hurry, if you're just moving your stuff, you're, you're, you're moving your Bitcoin off an exchange into a hardware wallet, and you don't care if it goes through right now or maybe later tonight, then, uh, as I've said many times, when it's nighttime in the United States and Europe, that mempool has been clearing out 
Uh, when we get to a super go fast bull run like we did in 2017, well, there are a lot of things that were different in 2017. We've had SegWit since then, blocks are smaller. Nobody's trying to spam the network to promote their altcoin, their fork. Uh, but at that time, blocks were full uh, and you definitely needed to pay more than one sat per byte to get uh, your transaction included. But uh, so if that happens, then then you want to pay attention to what the what the mempools are looking like so you don't end up with a stuck transaction. Or you could just go ahead and use replace by fee, which will let you change your fee later if uh, if you need to speed up that transaction or if it looks like it's not going to clear because all of a sudden the mempool uh, fills up. And speaking of transactions, the metric, my favorite metric, the one you know I like to pay attention to most, Bitcoin's 24-hour average on-chain transaction rate is pretty much exactly where it was last week, which was humming. Last week was 3.63 transactions per second on average. Right now, it's a tiny bit below that at 3.61 transactions per second. But that is amongst the highest I've ever seen it since we've been doing this podcast. Anything above three transactions per second is a pretty healthy network. Uh, Obviously, I like to see it above 3.14, above pi, because anything below that seems to be a little more anemic in the price action range. Anytime we've seen... Uh, something closer to the, you know, three and a half transactions per second. Bitcoin's been pumping usually. So, um, you know, that's not a TA metric. That's not financial advice. That's just something I've noticed in the almost two years that we've been doing this podcast. Uh, Maybe that's just coincidence, but sure seems to work out that way. And once again, with 3.61 transactions per second, Bitcoin price is pumping. All right. Uh, We have now, it's been, it's been uh, more than a week since our last mining difficulty adjustment. Last week, we had just had a 10.3% difficulty adjustment, and it was looking like we were going to have anywhere between 1.5% and 5% difficulty adjustment uh, coming. As you know, Bitcoin adjusts its mining difficulty every 2016 blocks, which is approximately every two weeks, to try and make it so that blocks are being found on an average of every 10 minutes. Currently, we're 540 blocks away until the next mining difficulty adjustment. That's about four days to go. It's a little bit longer than last week. Last week, it looked like it was going to happen on January 28th, and now it looks like it's going to happen sometime on January 29th, maybe just under three days to go, like, uh, or just under four days to go, like three days and 10 hours, somewhat, something like along those lines. And it's still going to be an increase, um, but it's that, that number is getting a little more reliable instead of potentially a 5% increase. We're looking at an increase of anywhere from 19 to 2.3%, so ballpark 2% increase in mining difficulty, which is not a huge difficulty increase. I mean, it does reduce your profitability as a miner by uh, about 2%, providing the price of Bitcoin is approximately the same. Of course, if the price is pumping, miners are getting more profitable, even if it is getting harder to mine those Bitcoins. But what that is showing you is that the hash rate on the network has increased by about 2%. And considering how many hundreds of thousands of miners are out there, especially at those huge corporate mining farms, that's pretty impressive that it, the a number of miners, the amount of hashing, the amount of, the amount of hash power securing the Bitcoin network has gone up yet again. Uh, and that is illustrated in the fact that blocks are currently, currently averaging nine minutes and 46 seconds. Last week, they were coming a little faster. They were coming in at nine minutes and 29 seconds, which is why one of the estimators was saying that we might have up to a 5% increase. So as we've gotten closer, either that number's gotten more reliable or the network's slowed down just a tiny bit because uh, blocks are coming in at 9 minutes and 40 seconds. 9 minutes and 46 seconds on average. All right. So some of the things in the news this week that I wanted to talk about. Um, 
Some of them aren't really Bitcoin related. They kind of are, but tangentially. Uh, of course, the big news right now is the price. Last week, Bitcoin had pretty much been following the stock market down and it was just under 21,000 per Bitcoin. Uh, and you know, Microsoft had just announced they were laying off 10,000 people, Amazon and Google. All the big tech companies were announcing layoffs in the, in the tens of thousands of people. And that was some of, the, some of the factors driving the markets down and Bitcoin, Bitcoin followed that. Now Bitcoin's pumping. I think the markets were mixed today. Uh, last time I took a peek, uh, like the uh, Nasdaq was up and the Dow was down or vice versa. So pretty, pretty mixed. Uh, I, I haven't heard anything yet that was triggering this pump that we're seeing right now. Uh, but that tends to be the news. And Bitcoin is over $23,000 at Bitcoin. And how does that feel? You know, it's funny how your mindset changes so rapidly in Bitcoin when Bitcoin was pushing 23,000 and then dropped down to 21,000. It had only been 23,000 for like a week. And previous to that, it had been at 16,000. So 20, 20, even 20,000 was a huge, you know, a huge increase over 16,000. But all of a sudden seeing it go down from 23 to 21 was like, oh, you know, you, you get used to those higher prices. And they say, you know, you should value your wealth in Bitcoin, not value your wealth in fiat. So you really shouldn't be paying attention to the US dollar price. But it just makes you feel better because you're not really, I'm not really valuing my stack of sats in terms of fiat. Um, but most people are on a fiat standard, unfortunately, and most of your purchases are still done with, with fiat. And, you know, even if you're in Germany or even if you're in Australia, uh, everybody pretty much knows what the US dollar is worth and what prices are in terms of US dollars. Uh, it is the global reserve currency. So even if you're using euros or if you're using pesos, people use dollar as a, as a reference to determine how strong the economy is, what their purchasing power is, how wealthy they are. Uh, so, and the same thing's true with Bitcoin. So that's why, um, that's why it feels better to see that US dollar price go up, even though you're not planning on selling anytime soon, right? If you're holding your Bitcoin forever, uh, that price doesn't matter. All that matters is the size of your stack, how many Satoshis you have. One thing that happens every time the price pumps, and I've spoken about this before, is you start worrying, you get that FOMO. Do I have enough sats? Did I stack hard enough when Bitcoin was only 16,000? Did you stack hard enough when Bitcoin was only 16,000? Um, you know, because maybe Bitcoin goes back down, maybe it doesn't. Uh, if we follow the previous four-year cycles, you know, maybe, we've, maybe we haven't reached the bottom. I don't have a crystal ball, but most likely we have. Most likely you won't see Bitcoin in the teens again unless there's another black swan event. Uh, so, and at some point in time, Bitcoin is gonna be at a new all-time high anyway. So even if we, this isn't the bottom, even if Bitcoin goes down to 10, at some point in time when Bitcoin is seventy dollars or $80,000, did you stack enough Bitcoin under $80,000? Did you stack enough Bitcoin under the previous all-time high? Or are you going to start thinking, I don't have enough, and now that it's $100,000 a coin or $200,000 a coin, I'll never have enough. That's what I like to keep in the back of my mind when, uh, in, in more important than looking at the price. Do I have enough sats? And that's the feeling I'm getting again. And I have a decent stack of sats. There's nothing to, nothing to be ashamed of. I'm definitely not a whale, but I'm not a, a minnow either, right? So even so, let's say uh, you want to profit from your Bitcoin one day, take, shave off some of it and purchase your house, pay off your house, pay off your student loans, whatever. Uh, after you do that, do you still have enough Bitcoin left over to provide that generational wealth you're looking at? And those are the things you start worrying about when the Bitcoin price pumps, which is really funny, right? Instead of noticing how how rich you've gotten. If you're paying, if you're paying attention to the price, you're, you're all, you always have FOMO. But when Bitcoin's cheap, and it's cheap right now, 
compared to where it was, you know, just two years ago, four years ago, anyway, at the previous all-time high, uh, you get more sats per dollar. And we're not going to get 100,000 sats like we had been getting, but we're still going to get a lot more than the 30,000 sats we were getting when Bitcoin was closer to that all-time high. Um, so again, make sure when Bitcoin does set its next all-time high that you're not feeling left out. And you know, you're, you're always going to feel a little bit left out because we'd all like to have more sats than we have, but make sure you're not kicking yourself saying, I had the money, I could have converted it to fiat, and I didn't. Uh, obviously, we'd all like to have more Bitcoin than we can than we can because we only have so much money in this world. You only, you know, you're, 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 we're not Michael Saylor. We can't drop a billion dollars on Bitcoin. You know, if you're dollar cost averaging every paycheck, you know, that might be all you can do. But don't be in a position where you had been waiting for Bitcoin to drop to 10,000 and it didn't and you missed out. Last having cycle, as you recall, there was that mean, Bitcoin, please go to moon, do, 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 do. You know, and the, the, the chorus was, Ton vase say it going down to 1K, but Mr. Novograd say it has bottomed out. Oh, 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 bottomed out. And it had. Ton Vez was thinking Bitcoin was going to hit 1,000. And if you were waiting to buy at 1,000, you got hosed because it didn't. It briefly dipped into the 3,000 range and then took back off. Uh, and so nobody, unless you're a really professional trader and you're better at TA and you have that magic crystal ball that you found somewhere, uh, don't try and time the market. That's why we DCA. All right. Who remembers prior to 2020 when Bitcoin, or sorry, when Big Pharma was the enemy? Remember Big Pharma? Remember the Pharma bro? Remember when people hated Big Pharma more than they hate the oil companies? Because while the oil companies are boiling the oceans, Big Pharma wants to kill your grandma. Well, I'm not going to get into the shot controversy. This is kind of an aside to that. But um, anyway, if you remember... Big Pharma was public enemy number one prior to 2020. Uh, and if you remember the pharma bro, Martin Shkreli, uh, he was infamous for raising the cost of an AIDS medication by more than 5,500%, as well as jacking up the price on other medications like a anti-parasite virus, uh, anti-parasite anti medication that he raised from something like $14 a pill to like $2,000 a pill. Uh, and that was how he made his money. Uh, well, in March of 2018, he was sentenced to eight years in federal prison for securities fraud with U.S. attorney Robert Capers at the time saying Screlly essentially, quote, Screlly essentially ran his company like a Ponzi scheme where he used each subsequent company to pay off defrauded investors from the prior company. Then about a year ago in January 2022, Mr. Screlly was barred from ever participating in the pharmaceutical industry again uh, when a federal judge ordered him banned for life. Now the FTC is accusing Screlly, who is out of prison, so clearly he didn't serve all eight years, whoever does serve their whole terms, right? He's out of prison, and he has a new company, and the FTC is trying to accuse him of violating his lifetime ban by forming a new pharma company. But wait for it. If you're a scammer and you're wanting to move on to your next scam, what would you get into? Well, Screlly formed a new company, Drug-Like Incorporated, quote, which purports to revolutionize early stage drug discovery through centralized computing networks. Blockchain, right? So, scammer's gonna scam. And uh, it's just funny that uh, Screlly has resurfaced what, what the FTC is at least claiming as a violation of his sentencing. Uh, and of course, it's blockchain. Of course, it would be, right? Scammer's gonna scam, and blockchain is how it always seems to happen. And speaking of big pharma, and this is nothing to do with Bitcoin, but finally, 
Amazon is getting in on the pharma smorgasbord with their new RX Pass, which is kind of like Amazon Prime for prescriptions. For just $5 a month, they'll allow you to ship generic prescriptions for less. So, uh, I don't know how this, I mean, I know how it happened, but it's just uh, amazing that just two years ago, three years ago now, Big Pharma was public enemy number one, and now they are freaking fleecing taxpayers around the world uh, for trillions of dollars. And the tie-in to Bitcoin is we've got inflation now. And why do we have inflation? Because trillions of those dollars that were printed went to thing, companies that make pharmaceuticals for the thing that we're probably still not allowed to talk about on a lot of social media. All right, back to Bitcoin full-time. Dr. Bear, a.k.a. Dr. Jeff Ross, is apparently now Dr. Bull. If you've been listening to the Cafe Spaces or the Cafe Bitcoin Spaces on Twitter or their version of the podcast, which is basically just their spaces recorded and sent as a podcast later, he appeared on Cafe Bitcoin on Monday, literally freshly out of the emergency room because apparently he suffered a bilateral pulmonary embolism. If you don't know what that is, it is a big freaking deal. It's not only incredibly painful, it can be fatal. Not only does it, can it choke you out, the clots can, you know, cause clots that break frequently. There's all kinds of horrible reasons why, like, a pulmonary embolism is a big deal. But Dr. Jeff is a freaking trooper. If you, if you don't know that, if you hadn't heard him talk about it, uh, you just see him out there on Twitter posting or out there on Spaces giving his advice. And one of the things that he mentioned is that he's no longer a bull, or no longer a bear. He is now in bull territory. Uh, basically, he said that global liquidity bottomed in October that risk assets except for Bitcoin had bottomed in October. In October, The only reason Bitcoin didn't bottom was because of the whole FTX fiasco. So that's why we saw our, our, uh, our bottom a little bit later. Uh, he says, if you're still short, quote, if you're still shorting Bitcoin, you are crazy. And he added, quote, I do think a recession still seems inevitable, but it could be a mild one, similar to where we were after the dot-com crash. So the dot-com crash was a big deal. A lot of people lost a lot of money. But it wasn't a 2008 global financial crisis, big deal. It wasn't the Great Recession. It wasn't a depression. And he thinks that while he doesn't think they're necessarily going to pull off a soft landing, the Fed isn't going to get that soft landing they've been, they've been hyping. Uh, the recession we may already be in might not be as bad as everybody thought. And uh, that's part of why I think risk assets and Bitcoin are rallying. All right. That is all the news I really wanted to get into. Real quick, I want to thank those of you listening on your favorite Podcasting 2.0 apps. Uh, if you don't know what Podcasting 2.0 is, Fountain App, Breeze Wallet, uh, it's a way to listen to your favorite podcast and you can support your favorite podcast by streaming them sats on a per basis minute, a per minute basis, or, or send boosts, which are like tips, but where you can tip with a message over the Lightning Network. Uh, and by the way, if you are listening on Fountain and you do send us a boost on Fountain, a boostagram, and it isn't a shill, we will read it on the next episode of the Bitcoin Bulletin Podcast. We do not have any boosts to read. Uh, and, uh, and that's okay. Um, the other cool thing, though, about Fountain, and they're not a sponsor. I just like Fountain. I listen to podcasts on Fountain because even if you don't want to tip your favorite podcasts, even if you're not supporting your favorite podcasts, uh, you can earn sats for listening to your favorite podcast. I made like 400 sats yesterday for listening to, uh, to one of my favorite podcasts on the Fountain app. And some days you can only make, you make, well, maybe I'd only make like 50 or 60 sats. Uh, and other days I've made like a thousand or more sats. Uh, and this is kind of like the fountains of old where you used to be able to just go to a Bitcoin fountain and get like five Bitcoin just for visiting a webpage. And now you think, holy cow, five Bitcoin, right? That'd be a, that'd be a hundred thousand dollars. And they used to just give that away. 
uh, one day when we reach dollar sat parity, you know, 60 sats is 60 bucks, right? Uh, even if Bitcoin only hits a million and it's 100 sats per dollar, you know, 60 sats is 60 cents. A thousand sats would be, you know, uh, 10 bucks just for listening to a podcast. And you're going to listen to those podcasts anyway. So listen on Fountain. Get paid to listen and maybe you can support some of your podca- pod- favorite podcasts. Send us a shout out. Send us a boost. Smash that boost button. And, uh, and we'll give you that shout out on the next episode of Bitcoin Bulletin Podcast. All right, we are going to get to it, and the reason we're here is because it is DCA Wednesday, and if you don't know what DCA is, DCA is short for dollar cost averaging, and dollar cost averaging is, quote, an investment strategy. Sorry, I lost my spot here, and I don't want to mess this up, even though I've said it a million times. It's an investment strategy where you invest your money in equal portions at regular intervals, regardless of price. So our equal portion, if you know, you've been following us, is just $20. And our regular interval is every Wednesday. And we chose $20 because uh, I wanted to show two things. I wanted to answer all those people on Twitter and Reddit that say, you know, I only have 50 bucks. I only have 100 bucks. Is it even worth buying Bitcoin with that 50 bucks? And I wanted to show that even at 20 bucks, it's worth it. Even $20 adds up over time. And it has added up quite nicely over the last almost two years. And our regular interval being Wednesdays is just because I chose Wednesdays. I like the ring of DCA Wednesday. Most people that DCA, whether it's in the stock market or whatever they're DCAing into, they tend to DCA on their paydays, which in the United States is usually Fridays, uh, every other Friday for most people. Some people get paid weekly, some people get paid bi-weekly. So you can DCA every other Friday, that's fine too. Other people choose to DCA daily, and I heard somebody DCAing minutely the other day, which I think is just crazy. <laughs> you know, hey, to each their own, you know, you do you, but that seemed a little excessive. I'm happy DCAing weekly. Bi-weekly is fine if that's what you're comfortable with. It's another one of those things where they say, do your own research, you do you. What is important is that you stick to it, that you pick a fixed amount and a fixed date and you invest regardless of whether Bitcoin's expensive or whether Bitcoin's cheap. Oh, you just get your stack on. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to take $20 on Cash App and we're going to buy sats. As usual, I'm using the handy dandy Cash App to make this purchase. They are not a sponsor of this show. I like Cash App because they're relatively inexpensive. They're not the cheapest. It's about two and a quarter percent they charge for the fee. Way cheaper than a Bitcoin ATM. Not as cheap as some of the pro trading platforms. Uh, But they will let you withdraw your Bitcoin for free to your hardware wallet. So that kind of makes up for it. You know, like Strike, for example, will let you buy Bitcoin for free, quote unquote in air quotes, but they charge a spread. So it's not quite free. You know, the spread does cost you money. You pay a tiny bit more for Bitcoin than you might have been able to buy elsewhere. Elsewhere, And then they charge you a mining fee if you want to send it to your hardware wallet. That's not a poop on strike. Uh, almost everyone charges you a mining fee to withdraw your Bitcoin. And that's fair because it costs money to withdraw your Bitcoin. Uh, but Cash App does not. Uh, and so if you pay like, you know, we're going to pay 45 cents in fees to buy Bitcoin today, but if we move it to our hardware wallet for free, we've totally made up for it. And I don't move it every $20. Uh, <laughs> my headphones just took a slide. I don't move my Bitcoin every time, every, every week. I wait till it, you know, it's more like 100,000 sats. Um, that's based on the price and some other factors. So you want to consider what's an amount that you would just freak out if you lost it, if Cash App went out of business or whoever you're purchasing Bitcoin is locked you out. Uh, And right now, with Bitcoin being relatively expensive, 100,000 sats is only about $200. uh, And that's not 
an amount that would make me want to fling myself off the Golden Gate Bridge if Cash App went away. But when Bitcoin pumps, if Bitcoin goes up to 100,000 or more, I won't keep that amount on, a, on an exchange. I'll lower that, maybe a half a million sats or, or whatever. Um, but you want to keep in mind that if you move just 80,000 sats to your hardware wallet, you're paying mining fees. Uh, and when, when mining fees are more expensive, it's going to eat up a big chunk of that uh, to move it back to an exchange if you need to sell it or to pay somebody with it. So uh, that's why I like to consolidate into slightly larger portions before I send it to my hardware wallet. But I digress. If you want to use Cash App and you're not already using it, there is a referral code in the show notes. Please sign up for Cash App using that referral code. If you do, you'll get five bucks free for signing up. We will get five bucks free as well. And instead of sending us a boost, you supported us, you know, you gave us five bucks. Uh, and we will immediately turn that into Bitcoin. Um, but, you know, you can tip the show and get paid to do it, which is cool because I know a lot of people don't want to part with their sats, which is why a lot of people question the model of the podcasting 2.0, you know, value for value model because uh, they'd rather get rid of their fiat than get rid of their sats. Uh, so if you want to earn fiat and not get rid of any of your sats, uh, sign up for Cash App and then uh, you'll get paid and we'll get paid. All right. The other reason I like Cash App is because I don't keep any money on my Cash App and they make it super easy to add it. I have a debit card link to my Cash App so I can add $20 instantly and they make it available to spend instantly. You send money to Coinbase and they either will not let you invest it right away or they will let you invest it right away, but they lock it up and they won't let you transfer it till they guarantee you didn't bounce that, that transfer. All right, so I got 20 bucks on my Cash App. I'm gonna go to Bitcoin, click buy, click $20, click confirm, and boom! Just like that, we purchased another 83,284 Satoshis. At a price of $23,461.82, that is the most expensive we have purchased in a long time. I'm scrolling back here. We haven't paid that much for Bitcoin since August of 2022. Uh, we only got 83,000 sats, way under the 100,000 we were getting accustomed to. We got 94,000 sats last week because Bitcoin was only 20,000. Uh, so that's cool, but just like I was saying, as Bitcoin's getting more expensive, you're stacking less sats for the same amount of US dollars. But perhaps as important as building that stack, uh, we did drop the average purchase price of our Bitcoin down just a little bit. You know, as we get closer to the, our average cost basis, uh, we're only we only dropped our average cost basis down by about $83 this, this purchase. Uh, last purchase knocked it down by $151. The one before that by $230. Last month, it was knocking it down by more than $300. In November, we were knocking $400 off. So... Uh, so, you know, our average purchase price did go down a little bit, uh, but not as much as it had because Bitcoin is pumping. Uh, that being said, our average cost basis is $29,332.91. Uh, and that is obviously less than Bitcoin's worth at the moment, but not less than it, uh, not, not as badly as it was just a couple of weeks ago. We're getting closer. Bitcoin, you know, the difference between 23 and 29 is 6,000, right? But it's nothing. Bitcoin can pump 6,000 in a day. Uh, and one day, you know, Bitcoin will be double that well before it even, even sets a new record, you know, when it won't even be at the new all time high yet. Uh, one thing that is important to note, by the way, is our stack. Now we now have 5,386,441 sats in that stack. If you had YOLO'd in and just invested that entire lump that we've invested in one lump sum, 
uh, back on July 28th of 2021, uh, you would have 3,978,000 sats, so just under 4 million sats. We have about 5.4 million sats, so DCA beat lump sum investing again, uh, and this is just an early experiment. You know, DCA is a long-term play, even at, at, at less than two years. It's really too soon to tell, but uh, just with this early data, uh, you have 1.4, if you've been following along, you have 1.4 million sats more than you would have uh, had you yellowed in. All right, so one of the things I wanted to talk about is um, I just downloaded something really cool from Crypto Cloaks. Crypto Cloaks will sell you some really neat 3D printed Bitcoin merch. They are not a sponsor. Uh, this is free. This is a little jig for making a seed backup, a fireproof, indestructible seed backup. You know, a lot of people have been making those backups where you punch your seed into uh, into some stainless steel washers and then just put them on a little bolt and either bury them in the backyard or throw them in a toolbox and hope nobody knows what they are. And it can be pretty hard to etch your seed into one of these little washers. Um, if you use an engraver, you're just going to... I tried it. A, it's not going to be deep enough that it's anything more than scratchings, which you can practically rub off. And B, it's a pain. So what people have been doing is stamping them in. And this little jig, it's really cool. What this little jig does is uh, you open it up and you put the washer in the jig and then it's got, I don't know how well you can see it, but it's got little positions. There's a little ridge on it. And it's got two positions at the top for your number. Like if it's seed number, if it's uh, seed word number 12, you punch, you put the punch of the one on it in there and then smack it and then turn it and put the punch in there and hit the two and smack it. And you've got it nicely spaced out. And down at the bottom, it's got indents for, uh, what it's got one, two, three, four, five, six letters worth of indents. So you can pound out your, your seed word in there and then it'll look really pretty, um, and professional. And all that really matters is that you back up your seed in a way that won't get destroyed. If you listen to the guy Swan podcast, he did a, he did a podcast from a Bitcoiner who ran the hypothetical situation of his house getting hit by lightning and not just the pain in the butt it was for losing everything, his phone and all his passwords, his password manager, but also his Bitcoin private seed. And if you've got your Bitcoin uh, on a paper backup, like comes with most of the hardware wallets and your house burns down, if you lose your Trezor or your Ledger and that paper backup, you have lost all your Bitcoin. So this is one really cool way to back up your seed. Uh, I think Jameson Lop recommends it. There's lots of th products you can buy out there. There's the, uh, the Crypto Steel where you can punch you know, into a sheet of steel, all kinds of things. But this is cheap. You just go to the, the Home Depot and you buy... 24, well, in this case, they're, uh, that jig is set up for one-inch washers. So I bought 24 one-inch washers with a 3 uh hole in the center. And I went a little long on the bolt, so I bought a, I bought a, a pack of, uh, of number 12 one-and-three-quarter-inch bolts and a nut to put on the end. And So you can go with uh, one-and-a-half or shorter probably uh, if you want to make it a little more cleaned up. Or you can even cut the end of the bolt off if you've got a cutoff wheel or a Dremel tool or whatever. But that's pretty safe, and that will not burn up in a, in a house fire. So if you, if you, uh, you want to make that seed indestructible, plus it's also kind of incognito, right? If this is just in a jar of nails in your garage or somewhere, no one probably is going to recognize that unless they're watching this podcast, right? So, you know, obviously don't leave it laying around, but take that into your security model. Some people are burying them in the backyard, uh, and I'm assuming that stainless steel isn't going to rust out where you're at anyway, stainless steel, right? Although they, they do say stainless, not rustless. Um, but it's going to last a lot longer than a piece of paper. And again, you can make more than one of these because it's, it's a just time. And I, uh, 
the, one of the biggest pain in the tukuses about not having that jig is not only does it look sloppier, uh, it's just a, it just takes a long time to hold those letter punches down and just go one and tap them. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, and if I stop punching my microphone boon stand, uh, this is an El Cheapo letter punch collection from Harbor Freight. It's 36 pieces. It's got every letter of the alphabet, and then it's got the numbers zero through eight. And of course, you flip the six upside down to make the nine, and it's got like an and sign and stuff in there. But you basically, these fit right in that little jig. And that jig is available for free if you have a 3D printer at CryptoCloaks.com. They have a bunch of really cool stuff that you can 3D print for free at CryptoCloaks.com. In addition to their merchandise they sell, I believe you can purchase one that they've printed for you if you don't have a 3D printer. Uh, anyway, I'm not shilling CryptoCloaks. I just was playing around with uh, a 3D printer last night, and I made that. I thought that's really cool. That would have made punching out uh, those 24 seed words a lot easier. Definitely make them look a lot nicer. All right. Well, that is pretty much all I wanted to talk about. Uh, today, we did our stack. Uh, we went over the news. We talked about price. We talked about is, are we in a bear market or not? Uh, and the answer is, I don't know. You know, we're in a bull market at the end of the, uh, or, or in a new bull market. Uh, I don't have a crystal ball. It's possible, you know, the government drops the hammer on Coinbase or something, which is, uh, which is a distinct possibility. Because if you're out there on Twitter, you saw Brian Armstrong tweeted about Bitcoin for like the first time in years. Like he actually used the word Bitcoin. Uh, Argentina was talking about, you know, uh, combining currencies uh, with Brazil. And he, and he tweeted out, you should use Bitcoin, basically. And people are like, what? Did somebody kidnap Brian Armstrong? Did he have a stroke? Because he's, uh, he's a, sh you know, altcoin shill. He's got his altcoin casino. And then he removed the dot ETH from his name in his, in his Twitter profile. So uh, people are like, oh, he's seeing the light. Or he knows the SEC is about ready to drop the hammer on him for uh, selling unregistered securities. And he's just trying to make himself look good. Kind of like when Sam Bankman-Fried went on that apology tour before he finally got arrested. Uh, was trying to make himself look better. Was uh, basically uh, pimping his image a little bit. I think maybe that's what Brian Armstrong is up to. Uh, who knows? Uh, and I, the only reason I even bring that up is because, you know, if, the, if, if a major exchange like Coinbase, Gemini, if they get hammered by the SEC, that could be the black swan event that means we're not at the bottom. Uh, so then the bottom wouldn't be in and you will see lower, but uh, possibly maybe it wouldn't even, you know, phase it then. But the long and the long game is that uh, in just a just about a year, the amount of Bitcoin that miners have to sell every day their mining reward, it's going to get cut in half. There's going to be half the Bitcoin available. The miners are going to be dumping half the Bitcoin that they're dumping right now. Uh, and, you know, supply and demand says if you have a supply shock, if 50% of your supply goes away, things get more expensive, right? Oil gets more expensive because we didn't build the pipeline and because they're making it harder to drill for new oil. And people say, well, that's just new oil wells. And I'm digressing here, but... Uh, oil wells run out. Oil wells get shut down. They tap out. Uh, and when you're not building new oil wells, you know, that, that influences the supply. Or Saudi Arabia doesn't want to sell to us. Or where there's a conflict somewhere like in Russia, you know, and oil uh, is no longer available or less oil is available. And that makes the price go up. When we saw the bird flu go around and they're calling all those chickens, besides just the tremendous inflation we've been having for other obvious reasons, Calling all those chickens caused the price of eggs to go up to like $7 a dozen, uh, which is not 6% inflation. That's, that's like 700% inflation. 
but that's also a little bit of supply and demand. Lumber went through the roof at, you know, during the lockdown because the mills shut down and there was less plywood coming, less plywood and two by fours coming into the country. So remember plywood went to over a hundred dollars a sheet. I think I saw $140 for a sheet of plywood as opposed to like 18 a sheet that I had paid previously. So, uh, you know, almost a 10 X in plywood and that was supply and demand. Well, a similar kind of concept will be in play uh, when the amount of Bitcoin available, the amount of Bitcoin that exchanges are dumping on the markets goes away. Uh, so keep that in mind. And regardless, whatever black swan events may occur, that halving is coming up, you know, coming at you like a big dog with a wet nose. Regardless of what you do, it's kind of like, you know, death at the end of the life, end of your life. It's coming for you regardless, right? They say, eat healthy, go to bed early, don't drink, don't smoke, die anyway. Uh, well, regardless of what you do, that halving is coming at you. And uh, when it does, usually six to 18 months afterwards, we see a new all-time high because of the supply shock. You know, supply and demand. Uh, again, you know, history doesn't necessarily repeat, but it does rhyme. Uh, and that's coming up. So there's no reason to believe that we will not see Bitcoin go just on an epic bull run when it does. So regardless of what happens between now and next March or so, uh, when the halving happens, whether there's another black swan or what, uh, we're going to be doing our DCA stack. And if there is a black swan and Bitcoin drops lower, well, then we're going to do what they say BTFD, right? We're going to buy the freaking dip. There's nothing about DCAing that says you can't buy some more Bitcoin if you see it on sale. Uh, what is important is that you stack. And we're going to stack today. Well, we stack today. And we're going to stack next Wednesday and every Wednesday for those DCA episodes. And hopefully you're following along. But either way, keep on stacking those sats, you sexy sat stackers. <laughs>